0: Hello and welcome to the third episode in the series on drinking, drugging and gaming. Are you in the green? I'm Carissa McKay, joined again by my awesome co-health promotion specialist in Edmonton, Heather Garrow-Miller. And today we are going to be looking at the wild and unpredictable world of gaming, what that actually entails and how it can have a significant impact on how people live, work and thrive. Hi everyone, as Carissa said, the focus of this presentation
1: will be on internet gaming and gambling with the recognition that in-person gambling is also important however we will be limiting the discussion primarily to online as that is what we have mostly been dealing with this past year and a bit or so the internet is now an integral even inescapable part of many people's daily lives they turn to it to send messages read news conduct business and much more but recently scientific reports have begun to focus on the preoccupation some people have with certain aspects of the internet, particularly online games. The gamers play compulsively to the exclusion of other interests, and their persistent and recurrent online activity results in clinically significant impairment or distress. People with this condition endanger their academic or job functioning because of the amount of time they spend playing. They experience symptoms of withdrawal when kept from gaming. Online gaming and online gambling have many similar attributes, which is why we are discussing both of these today. So the objectives of this podcast are to understand and define what online gaming and gambling use and misuse is, Discuss the potential impact that misuse and or overuse of online gaming and gambling may have on an individual. And clarify what are considered to be responsible gaming and gambling behaviours. And lastly, to offer some strategies and resources to address problem
0: gaming and gambling. Lots to cover, so let's get started. The theme of why people choose to gamble or game needs to be considered just as it was for alcohol and drug use. The research shows that players use video games for very different reasons, such as to distract themselves from daily hassles or because they enjoy the social relationships they've developed in the virtual world. Potentially problematic video gaming has been found to be related to various reasons for playing such as coping and escape, socialization, and personal satisfaction. Coping social interaction and competition were among the main reasons for gaming among males, but interestingly not among females.
1: Let's begin by looking at it from the gambling perspective. There is a fine line between gambling just a few times and becoming addicted to gambling. Gambling has become increasingly more acceptable and accessible in our modern society, especially with so much access to the Internet. Gambling, just like alcohol and other drugs, play upon our reward system. When you become addicted to gambling, you cannot control the impulse for gambling. You don't have to be poor for gambling to be a problem. Just like other addictions, gambling can start interfering with your life by causing problems legally in your relationships or augmenting mental health issues. It is important to get help when you start seeing signs of gambling addiction in yourself or peers. So let's take a look at what those signs might be. The first is hiding a gambling habit from others. This could be for a number of reasons, ranging from wanting to surprise somebody with a big win or hiding a habit because of a belief that others will misunderstand and judge. This is a telltale sign that somebody's gambling habit is becoming more of an addiction. The second is compulsive gambling. Not being able to control the impulse to gamble is one of the biggest indicators that there is a problem. This is what gambling addictions have in common with other addictions, where there is a loss of control over when someone gambles. Often, the gambling addict cannot stop gambling after they've started. They also fall into a chain of gambling by chasing losses or continuing to gamble in order to regain money that has been lost. Next, we think of gambling even when you cannot afford to. This is how people who have a gambling addiction get into trouble because they will go through any means in order to continue gambling. This is often when gambling addicts run into legal trouble because they will start to resort to things like stealing, borrowing, or selling their possessions, maybe even committing fraud or obtaining illegal loans so that they can continue to gamble. And lastly, if others are expressing concern, when family and friends start to express concern over an individual's gambling
0: habits. Gambling disorder, on the other hand, involves repeated problematic gambling behaviors that cause significant problems or distress. It's also called gambling addiction or compulsive gambling. For some people, gambling becomes an addiction. The effects they get from gambling are similar to the effects someone with alcoholism gets from alcohol. They can crave gambling the way someone craves alcohol or other substances. Compulsive gambling can lead to problems, as Heather mentioned, with finances, relationships, and work, not to mention those potential legal issues.
1: And many video games now also include elements of gambling within them, making gambling more accessible to a wider audience. To be truthful, I had no idea what loot boxes were and needed to look them up. But they are a big deal in a lot of gameplay and are essentially an entry point to gambling, often targeting those younger players. So a loot crate or box is a virtual box that contains contents that are unknown to us. Players can wager or play for a chance to win one of the randomized prizes, such as new equipment or a new outfit known as skins. Crates or loot boxes are typically a form of monetization with players either buying boxes directly or receiving the boxes during play and later buying keys with which to redeem them. And the research shows that the more valuable the items won, the more likely we are to wager either the coins won during gameplay, or the actual money to buy more loot boxes in the hopes that they get better stuff. The people that say, well, I only play Scrabble or Candy Crush, those aren't real games. Those people aren't immune. Those style tiles in the Scrabble games, those are skins. And those exploding candies count too. Which is why they are criticized for being forms of unregulated
0: gambling, for creating situations in games that make people pay to win. And when it's real money that's wagered, that's when the problems can start. A couple of bucks here and there could be fine, but it's a slippery slope. And so caution needs to be taken that it doesn't spiral into amounts that cannot be afforded. And that's just with loot boxes it can become even more problematic, obviously, if it's actual casino type games that involve significant wagering. Then of course too, there is the actual feelings
1: associated with playing the games. Studies show that most people who are struggling with symptoms of video game addiction are playing multiplayer games on the internet. Massive multiplayer online role playing games or MMPORGs are especially addictive Because they offer an endless adventure inside a fantasy world where players can essentially live a different life as a new person. They provide an opportunity to escape reality and leave behind all the problems of the real world, which depending on what is going on in their lives could be very appealing.
0: Exactly. And the thing with that is, is that it isn't unrealistic to want to escape either the drudgery, the boredom, the stress, the anxiety, whatever it is that's making life unbearable. The problem, of course, is when that becomes the go-to rather than the strategies that we discussed in our Stress Less series available on the CAF Connection page under the HP2Go tab, our stress take charge workshops, or even we talked about it in our addiction series when we were talking about alcohol. So while those certainly don't have all the answers, it at least allows there to be some consideration given to perhaps what it is that's going on and ways to address those things as opposed to just running away from it and potentially ending up in a bigger mess as opposed to facing it head on. Though it's a perfectly reasonable option to want to do something that's fun and a diversion, And there might be some actually positive attributes to those multiplayer online games. You still need to approach it with a little bit of caution.
1: That's so true. And those multiplayer role-playing games and other multiplayer games host large communities of players where many people feel welcome, appreciated, and useful. Something they might not be feeling in the real world. Any player can join clans, help other players, make friends, and develop a status. Although the setting is virtual, the relationships can be very real. For the player, the sense of being a part of something and having a role to play can be important and meaningful, especially if the player does not experience social gratification in their real life. For many people with a video game addiction, playing the game is not just for fun. It is their social life and a pillar of their self-esteem. Again, the darker side of that is that video games which exist on social media closely coincide with other social media addiction, another behavioral disorder which thrives on the feeling of being accepted. However, although the relationships are real, the question of whether they are authentic needs to be asked. Would they still be friends with you if they knew the real face-to-face you? Or is it part based on your persona. It's kind of like dating someone long distance and never actually meeting or seeing each other. It can give us a sense of acceptance and love, but it may fall short of fulfilling our need for being accepted unconditionally.
0: And if it is to the exclusion of real life, either relationships or the activities that need to happen, like going to work, getting groceries, preparing your meals, working out, all those kinds of things, it can become a real issue. And there is also the risk that other conditions either get worse or develop, because we know that there is a significant correlation between video game addiction and depression. Individuals who are depressed may isolate themselves and attempt to escape from stressors with video games and it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle.
1: Yes, and some people use video games to cope with stress and anxiety as they can escape those stressors and ignore recurrent thoughts by maintaining focus on their games. Another correlation exists between video games and social anxiety as gaming enables people with social anxiety to connect with others without having to physically interact with them. As people become more comfortable interacting virtually, they tend to become more anxious in regard to real life interactions, causing further isolation and increasing gaming. ADHD and video game addiction also have a strong connection. Individuals with ADHD may play excessively due to poor time management and have the ability to hyperfocus on a video game, which tends to reward brief spurts of attention.
0: The thing that I think we need to keep in mind is that as with drinking, less so cannabis or other drug usage, there is a point at which both drinking and playing games, whether video games or casino gambling type games, is fun, recreational, social, and all the good things that are associated with that. What we need to be aware of and on the lookout for are when things start to swing to being the sole way that they deal with life or choose to entertain themselves. There is a long and very comprehensive list that we've put in a handout in the tab where you found this podcast that you can download if you want to see either where you are at or if you're concerned for someone that you know, work or care about. But a couple of examples just to give you some idea with respect to problem gambling is that if you're noticing that people are stopping doing things that they previously enjoyed, are they missing family events? Are they not showing up for work? Are they late for work? Do they ignore their self-care work? family, and those kinds of things? Are they starting to change the way that they're eating or sleeping? Or can you tell that they're more tired than normal? And one of the really big indicators is that money becomes a real issue. There's lots of conflicts over money with other people, doing things to get money, making sure that they always have some by either borrowing it or asking for advances or maybe they're taking a second job or maybe they're getting loans from some questionable people or cashing in savings accounts and those kinds of things. So when you see that sort of money oriented problem stuff happening, it might be a reason to, you know, have a conversation with them. From a gaming perspective now, just the gaming piece, some of the things to be on the lookout for are, do these people think obsessively about gaming, even when they're engaged in other activities? Is it the only thing that they can talk about? Have they lost interest in those previously important and other activities that they used to really value? Can you tell that they're going for long periods uh, without sleep in favor of gaming because they're coming to work looking like a bag of hammers? have they said to you that they've actually tried to stop gaming, but they just seem to get sucked back into it? And does it seem like it's having a negative impact on their valued relationships because they just don't spend the time nurturing those because of gaming?
1: There's also a great video on video game addiction and how one person got themselves out of that on YouTube. And that link is also on our page. So you can watch that
0: if you are interested. Because again, the intention is not for health promotion to come across as the fun police. We just want people to know that there are risks and things that they can watch for to make sure that playing stays fun. And some good tips that can be followed are basically those things that will allow you to monitor your time playing and make sure that it doesn't dominate your life.
1: Exactly. And some of the suggestions for beginning to address your gaming habits or for simply keeping your habits in check are to number one, set a limit. This includes a few things. If you are online gambling, then the limit should include the amount of money you will use with considerations given to how much you can truly afford to spend without causing lifestyle discomfort. It may also include whether you are purchasing coins, tokens, et cetera, in the game, and whether you even want to begin to spend money gaming, as it can become a slippery slope. Next, we wanna think about setting a limit also including the time you spend playing. Consider all of the other aspects of your life that need focus, your fitness, your family, your endeavors, your nutrition, your household, your friends, and set a limit on time to ensure all those other areas receive enough attention. And then we want to think about developing healthy competing interests. If you don't have other things that you're passionate about, Then it can become very easy to while away your hours gaming and gambling to fill that void. Those interests might be healthy habits and hobbies like cooking, working out, family game nights, reading, painting, photography, mechanics, and more. Most importantly, address why you want to escape. It's important to understand our motivation for playing for hours on end. We may be avoiding something in our lives that is uncomfortable to face. Oftentimes, this is the case. It may require us to ask for help to delve deep into our why's.
0: I think that last one is so important because like we talk about all the time, if you can figure out what the root cause of the choices that you are making is, it's a lot more effective than trying all sorts of band-aid solutions, none of which are going to address that underlying concern or issue. So if you're unsure if it has become a problem in your life, reflect on whether it is impacting the quality of your life and ask yourself the following questions. Am I missing out on having healthy face-to-face social interactions or connections? Am I neglecting other aspects of my health, like nutrition and exercise? And is it impacting whether I'm pursuing meaningful goals and achievements?
1: And depending on what the answers are, it could be a good opportunity or perhaps a bit of a wake-up call to start to learn to relieve unpleasant feelings in healthier ways. Do you gamble or game when you're lonely or bored? or after a stressful day at work, or following an argument with your spouse. It may be a way to self-soothe unpleasant emotions, unwind, and socialize. But there are healthier and more effective ways of managing your moods and relieving boredom, such as exercising, or spending time with friends who don't gamble, taking up new hobbies, or even practicing relaxation techniques. It's important to strengthen your support network. It's tough to battle addiction without support. So reach out to friends and family. If your support network is limited, there are ways to make new friends without relying on social connections that are never face-to-face or visiting casinos or gambling online. Try reaching out to colleagues at work, joining a sports team or a book club, enrolling in an education class or volunteering for a good cause. Potentially, you could see yourself joining a peer support group. Gamblers Anonymous, for example, is a 12-step recovery program patterned after Alcoholics Anonymous. A key part of this program is finding a sponsor, a former gambler who has experience remaining free from addiction and can provide you with invaluable guidance and support. Seek help for underlying mood disorders, depression, stress, substance abuse or anxiety can both trigger gaming and gambling problems and can be made worse by compulsive gaming and gambling. Even when gambling is no longer a part of your life, these problems will still remain, so it's important to
0: address them. Because if you don't take action when it's still within your control to do so, the consequences can be less than desirable. As long as you're wearing the calf uniform, there are responsibilities that you have. So you need to think about the risks associated with being a soldier who stays up all night gaming, gambles beyond entertainment and is preoccupied with gambling, gambles to the point where it causes financial distress, games or gambles to avoid dealing with mental health issues and many other serious considerations that you need to keep in the back of your mind. You're not going to be able to be effective at your job, and you might even be putting yourself or others at risk because of the decisions that are being made as a result of the gaming or gambling that's becoming problematic. A career as a soldier requires your full attention and capacity. Distraction and extreme fatigue are recipes for disaster. So remember that there are resources that you can reach out for to get help or support. These are posted in the tab where you found this podcast, so download it and maybe enter some of those phone numbers into your contacts on your phone so that you have them, if not for yourself, then maybe for someone else who you recognize could use some support or help. Thanks so much for listening to this final episode in our drinking, drugging, and gaming series. We hope that you have picked up a couple of pointers, identified a couple of places where maybe you can do a little bit of house cleaning for yourself. and figured out a couple of ways to be able to continue to do the things that you enjoy, that are fun, that give all the positive benefits that don't necessarily lead you down any kind of slippery slope. If you've got any questions, please do reach out to us at healthpromotionedmonton at forces.gc.ca. Check out all the other tabs on our Calf Connection page, and we look forward to interacting with you again in the future. Take care and stay healthy.